lots of blood and gore Five, six, Freddy's goofy tricks Seven, eight, another deadly thing Nine, ten, never podcast again If you think you'll get out alive, you must be dreaming Woo! That, so that's the tagline, huh? Pure so, based on this poster that makes no sense well, how does the poster make no sense? Look at it. So it has like none of the characters on it, but Freddy. Like the characters that are on it are me, not the same characters. Really? Okay, let me look at this. Is this something where we should put at the end of the episode? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, who, there, there's a man with a baseball bat who looks buff. There is a man with a mace. There is the punk girl in a completely different outfit, and then there's someone who doesn't look anything like Patricia Arquette. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I think that's supposed to be Nancy because she has the like gray streak. What gray streak? Where do you see that? In, in in the middle of her hair, there's a gray streak on this. Oh, poster. it's definitely not her though. No, it's not. Anyway, hello everybody, and welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. Hello. Is another in a gripping series. Of sick additions. Jordan is still sick. You're probably hearing episode after episode of Jordan sick. My throat hurts so bad. And guess who has two thumbs and isn't sick? This guy. As usual. Yeah, so um, here we are. We're talking about the Nightmare on Elm Street series. And we are today are talking about the third entry in the series. Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors, yes. Um, And so... Jordan, what is your experience with this movie? First time I watched it was, I don't even know if it's been a year. Has it been a year? I think it's been a year, yeah. Oh, since okay, we since them. we first watched it. And it rocked my world. It was so cool. That's about it. Yeah. And then I watched it with you. Mm-hmm. And here we are. And we watched it again. And, and it, it rocked still my rocks. World even more, I think. So, uh, as I've often cited, and will continue to cite, I was watching Never Sleep Again, the documentary that covers the entire franchise, and I found out that the um, Heather Langenkamp, who plays Nancy, mm-hmm. and Robert England both said that um, this is the movie they hear the most that is people's favorite. I think this is going to be my favorite one. Yeah. Well, and I didn't know if our opinion, having having not been a part of the uh, uh, Freddy universe, the Nightmare universe, until one year ago, I didn't know if it was a hot take or not to think this one's the best right, one. Right, right, right. And we've watched five before we started doing this series, and now we're re-watching those first five. Um, and I was just like, oh, three is just so superior to the rest. That we've seen so far, yeah. Yeah, and it turns out that that that's uh, what people think. Oh, okay. Which is, it's always a tiny bit of a bummer when you think the same way as everybody else, but it's undeniable with this one. I don't feel that way anymore. It feels like a high school feeling. Yeah. I guess I, I'm just, I think with our podcast, it's still fun to have a couple of nice hot takes. Sure, Every sure, couple sure, of series, sure. you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, watch this movie... It's really good, and and if you've been listening along, you know you have Wes Craven making the first one. Mm-hmm. No intention of a sequel. It does really well. They make a sequel. The sequel's a smashing hit, but it's a critical failure. Uh, it's since become a little more embraced, but that's over the course of years. Yeah, decades. 
Yeah. And then, you know, they're seeing the box office receipts and they're like, we got to make another one. But since two was a big disappointment, they go to Wes right away. Because okay. remember, when, when he was kind of uninterested with the sequel and what they had written, they, they, were, they, they just moved on without him. Uh-huh. But this time they're going, we got we to gotta work with Wes. And so um, he came up with a new idea. And this was with his writing partner, Bruce Wagner, who is actually a novelist and also wrote screenplays for Young Lust and White Dwarf. Um, They came up with, I think, the bones of this movie, but but the producers felt like their script just didn't, it, it, it had no rules and therefore nothing was scary. And the first one? No, this movie. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. So, um... They, they 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 wanted someone else to help write it, mm-hmm. and so they they talked to Frank Darabont and Chuck Russell. Now Frank Darabont famously uh, Shawshank Redemption, The Mist, oh, uh, I think The Green Mile, a big really good adapter of Stephen King's work. Well, besides The Mist, but yeah. Although I've heard that ever it seems like everybody likes that movie except you. I know. Um. I haven't well, seen I, it. I don't like the ending. Yeah. The ending. Uh, but yeah, so so you have Frank Darabont and Chuck Russell, and they start working on it, uh, and then Craven is unavailable because he starts filming Deadly Friend. So then Chuck is going to make this movie. And they did a rewrite, and they focused on making the movie much more imaginative, which I think is the key to this movie. Mm-hmm. Do you have something you need to share? No, I'm just looking at people that you're talking about. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so, uh, but but their script was making it the budget explode. And but on top of that, the original script, according to Chuck, was he said it was kind of profane, and Wes was really making it dark mm-hmm. and and gross. Um, and so they're working on it and. Budget's getting bigger because they are coming up with these crazy set pieces like a Freddy worm, etc. Um, but yeah, so then they start working on the movie. Uh, it's Patricia Arquette's first movie. and It the, is? Yeah. I should know that, but it is. <laughs> uh, the effects are the brunt of the budget, uh-huh. clearly. Um, when did this movie come out? It came out 1987. on... February 27th, 1987. So the budget of the movie is $5 million, and then it makes $44 million at the box office. She was only 19. Wow. Um, so the budget of the movie is $5 million, and it made 44 Good. Yeah. Um, but what I, what I think, and, and what all the producers and writers and actors were saying is, like, this movie seems to do several things. So it, it establishes a more, like, imaginative approach to mm-hmm. the movies. Um, it establishes a lot of the lore regarding Freddy. You know, we learn his backstory. And then the third thing this establishes is like the the pop culture icon that is Freddy. Hmm. So part of that is that he's pretty zany in this movie. Uh-huh. But um, I found out that, have you ever heard of the band Dokken? No. Okay, very, very famous band in the 80s, hair metal. Okay. Crazy shredding guitar stuff. Ex- exactly what you're picturing in your head is exactly who uh-huh. Dawkins is. 
and they were huge and the studio said hey can you write a song about the movie and so they wrote this song called dream warriors and they're they're in the documentary as well and they're like this song is like an indelible part of who we are as a band because everywhere we go people have the single people request us to play it all of those things Uh and so uh dokken writes this song dream warriors and they make a music video for the song now this is according to them this is the first time someone had done this where they are taking footage from the movie and putting it in the music video. Oh, okay. And then the music video has a couple of extra shots, and the band is playing as well in sets that look like they're from the movie. And then the the movie ends with, because um, they're they're kind of like fighting Freddy, you know, with uh-huh. with the gang mixed in with the footage of the movie. And then the 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 music video ends, and Freddy wakes up, and he goes, "Oh, that was a weird oh. dream. Who were oh, those that's guys?" Cool. Uh, yeah, so it was kind of like the first time that happened, and I, and they kind of cited that as like this kind of launches the movie into like a different pop culture zone. Oh, and then having Dick Cavett in the movie as well, and Who's having that? he's the talk show host that that the TV oh, girls watching. Oh, he was real. He was real. Yeah, he's a real uh, yeah host. And they they approach Dick Cavett, and he says. Yeah, I'll I'll do it, but but he wants to choose who the guest is. Interesting. So he says, "I would like you to choose and have Freddie kill Jaja Gabor because she's so stupid, and I would never have w- would never have her on my show." What? And so I that would be like the perfect guest for Freddie to kill. Yeah, that is a <laughs> wild story. Yeah. So who is that lady? Just an actress? She's an actress and um, some other stuff. I, I didn't really recognize her, but I've heard that name. Yeah. She, I mean, she's one of the famous famo, famo people, you know, I think. Yeah. I just, I think it's a little bit of a blind spot for me. Uh-huh. But yeah, so That's he requested wild. that and she's in the movie, kills it or gets killed. Yeah. And so that, that too kind of puts it in this other stratosphere where like Freddie's being zany. He's, he's meeting with people that are in our real world and stuff like I that. I just assume because this is somewhat low budget horror, you know, yeah. that, uh, those people were just made up. I actually did too, but the name Dick Cavett, it's like, I, I know that name, uh-huh. but I'm just too young to like know who that is. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so all those things. So, so this movie, yes, establishes more imagination uh, more Freddy backstory, and then of course pop culture, because because they even were showing that like when they were getting those, you know, that the movies like number one at the box office, like horror movies didn't do that kind of money, mm-hmm. and then this movie comes out, and then now it's like okay, this is a huge big deal. This is the this is in the zeitgeist, like everybody knows, Nightmare on Elm Street. Cool. So this movie is uh, is responsible for like cementing its place in horror, cool. I think. Um, Had no idea. I I didn't either. Yeah, I mean, because we really didn't have any. I I just knew it was a famous series. I, I didn't mm-hmm. know about it. Um, while they were filming the movie, though, uh, there was a lot of tension on the set as Chuck was not an experienced director. Mm. Huge budget, huge practical effects. Uh, and then he's, he's also not working well, super well with the actors. Oh. Um, 
But uh, and he's also wanting to push Fred Freddie further and make him you know stranger and more zany and crazier. And the studio is kind of like, no, no, no. So he's having all of those fights on set everywhere. Uh-huh. And uh, there there was a. There was, um, I can't remember the one, who's the kid who gets strong? Kincaid. Okay. That's his character name. He says, um, he said he remembered a day on set where they're in that last, like, dream room, and it was just so intense that that a producer, like, got everyone's attention, and he, the producer's like, you guys all have to knock off this shit because we have to film this, and everybody's got to just cool it. Let's do this. Whoa. Um... Yeah, top 10 grocer of the year. Uh, Chuck Russell also goes on to do The Blob, The Jim Carrey Mask, mm-hmm. Eraser, The Scorpion King. The screenplay is Wes Craven and Bruce Wagner, who did the story as well, story by credit. And then Frank Darabont and Chuck Russell did a draft as well. Cinematography is by Roy H. Wager, uh, or Wager. Uh, he's done a bunch of episodes of Quantum Leap and CSI. The music is by Angelo Bandalamenti, who is a David Lynch guy. Hmm. Uh, Blue Velvet, Twin Peaks, Mulholland Drive, etc., etc. And those are the notes on Dream Warriors. Cool. Well, like you said, and I totally knew that this is Patricia Arquette's first movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, she is also in True Romance, Boyhood, Medium, Stigmata, Severance. Um, she's an Arquette. It's fun to talk about her in a horror franchise when we've talked about her brother. Uh-huh. Um, Ken Sagos plays Kincaid, like you were just talking about. Um, he's also in the fourth movie. Don't remember yes, that. I don't remember that Maybe either. Maybe it's a flashback, but I don't remember that. Huh. He's also in Nation's Fire, No Solicitors. He's in an It's Always Sunny episode. Oh, it, I recognize him. Is I, it The Gang Goes Black? No. Hold on, let me look it up. And I'm not I'm not just saying that because he is black. I'm just saying I, I like remembering his face kind of in that episode, I think. Um he plays Carl. And it doesn't tell me what episode. Okay, I'll look at for Ken, it while you Ken keep Sagos. going. I think that he's in The Gang Dines Out. That's my guess. But I okay. might be wrong. Um Rodney Eastman plays Joey. He's the silent kid. Um, he's also in, I spit on your grave. I think that's a remake, right? I don't know. I spit on your grave. Hoax, Sable, Foreign Land, NCIS. The gang dines out. You were right. It's the part when, um, he's part of that family with the troop that came home and they're all celebrating him. Yeah. And, and D's like, come over here, come over here. She's like, she says something to him. Like these guys are watching me and he's like, oh shit. Oh yeah. And the waiter comes over and he's like, you found a friend. That's right. That's who he is. Yes. That's fun. Um, Jennifer Rubin plays Taryn. Um, she's also in The Crush, The Doors, Screamers, Untold, Heebie-Jeebies. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, a lot of thriller horror stuff. Stuff. Bradley Gregg plays Philip. He is in Stand By Me. Don't know who Philip. he is. Uh, he's the kid that threw that oh, threw the himself beginning. off. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, class of nineteen ninety nine, Indiana Jones, and Last Crusade. He really did look like, yeah, he was in other stuff. Well, no, I think yeah, I feel like he's one of the kids in Stand by Me. Or 
No, he's, I don't think he's one of the kids. Or maybe he's a bully. I th- I'm thinking he's with Kiefer. Yeah. That's my guess. Um, I haven't seen that movie in a very long time. No, that movie's so good. Ira Hayden plays Will, um, the glasses kid, the wizard. Mm-hmm. He's a father of the bride, alias Elvira, mistress of the dark. He was very excited. Oh, I was in Powderpuff Girls to do uh, the the Dungeons and Dragons in this. And oh, that's fun. He he sounds like he does in this movie, even tw- oh, really? twenty years later. And he he was very much like, uh, I was excited to you know do Dungeons and Dragons, and that's what I did in real life and stuff. And and he so when cute. he becomes the wizard, I mean, that's one of the great moments of the movie and stuff. Oh, cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, Penelope Sudro plays Jennifer, the girl with the TV. Okay. She's in Amazing Stories, Dead Man Walking, After Midnight. Oops. Um, yeah, and a lot of other stuff. And then Lawrence Fishburne, we have covered because of John Wick. And isn't he billed as Larry in this movie? Larry Fishburne? Probably. I'm not just seeing that readily right now, but that's what we've heard. And I can't remember when we were watching the movie last night. Yeah. I think I turned oh. away to start taking notes and I missed his billing. Yeah. And then Craig Wasson, who plays Neil Gordon, the doctor. Yeah. Uh, he's also in Body Double, Four Friends, Malcolm X, um, Ghost Rock, New Alcatraz, and so on and so forth. Okay. Uh, so that's the gang, eh? Mm-hmm. So the movie opens with a quote from Mr. Death himself, Mr. Scary himself. The original Hitchcock. I'm talking about Edgar Allan Poe. I don't know if anyone's ever said that about him, but okay. (laughs) And the quote is this. Sleep, those little slices of death, how I loathe them. I love it. Great tone setter. Mm -hmm. And then we're seeing all this close footage of this house being created. Out of paper mache. Yeah, and it's before you know who it is, it's, it's definitely shot very creepy. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you're supposed to kind of think that this is like a Freddy-esque. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's doing this or he's creating a dreamscape or something. But then we quickly find out that it is Patricia Arquette. Mm-hmm. And she's so young. So young. She's trying to stay awake. Yeah. And she's building this house that we may or may not recognize yet. Um, but she's waiting for her mom to come home and her mom comes home with a dude. She just doesn't want to sleep because she's having bad nightmares. Yes. But her mom makes her go to bed. Yes, and and she's trying to stay awake by eating powdered coffee <laughs> and drinking Diet Coke, uh-huh. which is a smart move, but really intense to look at. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so I I think that the mother touch in this movie is phenomenal. I agree. She's so good. Let's look her up. She is so good, and this like... Brooke Bundy. Brooke Bundy. Uh oh, um, what? what? Bundy. Um, oh, she is also in the fourth movie. I don't remember that. Um, she is also in Star Trek: The Next Generation, Mission Impossible, the show. Oh wow. Um, and and I'll just and that's so many things. Yeah, those are highlights. So what I what I love about this and, and something that, uh, I think it was one of the writers was pointing out how like. One of the one of the fun things about Nightmare on Elm Street is that you, you're put in these situations where the parents are like 
they're either kind of absent or they just don't believe their kids, which you and I have noticed is a very American fantasy storytelling mm-hmm. thing. Because when, when you watch like Studio Ghibli movies, like I think of my neighbor Totoro, they get to that new house, the kids, and they're like, oh, there's all these spirits around. And the dad's like, oh, cool. These are those types of spirits. Mm-hmm. And, and he never has to like go on a quest to believe them. Yeah. But in American movies, it's always like, oh my gosh, don't let my parents find out that E.T.'s here. Or mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it's it's always and and I think a lot of that has to do with just like our psychology of mm-hmm. the nuclear family and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But what what they pointed out, what's awesome about these movies is it kind of preys on those fears and 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 having having your parent not believe you is literally gonna cost you your life. Uh-huh. And and at the time, there was also a lot of stuff in the news and whatnot of people being put in, you know, mental asylums and hospitals, kids. And, and, and there was, like, kind of a crisis of, like, what are we going to do with the kids? And so this, Is this what you got from the documentary? Yeah, they were, oh, they were mentioning this. And so uh, th- this is just sort of – this movie is kind of playing on that idea where it's, like, you have this, you know – mother who is more interested in getting laid that night Mm -hmm. than her daughter who needs her Mm -hmm. and then her solution is not to help her in any way but just to lock her up and hopefully they'll sedate her yeah and nobody believes she just wants attention is what she keeps saying yeah and and the only person that believes him in this movie is nancy who Uh experienced it Uh and even her father who we find later in the movie he doesn't believe her really either uh-huh. i think his is more he doesn't want to believe yeah, yeah yeah but he is like lived through killing freddie and then also being, being a affected. part of a nightmare on elm street the first movie and even he as an adult figure like doesn't want to believe in it mm-hmm. so uh yeah so will said micah good job well it's there's, there's a lot of stuff in this movie i mean it's it's a good movie and i remember when we were watching it when we, when we got to the part where they're in like the group setting and they're the psychologist is talking to them and they're all talking, I was kind of like, "Is this like, like really good?" <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm kind of really digging this, uh-huh. and I I think for the most part, the acting in this movie's pretty awesome. Oh, totally. This movie rocks. There's there's a couple of whiffs here and there, uh-huh. but nothing that uh, ruins it in any way. Mm-mm. And even we'll get to it later, but there's a scene in the movie where I little, literally wrote, "This is the worst scene in the movie." But I had forgotten the the what happens at the end of that scene, and when I saw what happens, I was like, "No, it's not. This scene is also cool." Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Patricia Arquette falls asleep, and we have this great sequence where she gets up from her bed, and it is sitting in front of the the Elm Street house, uh-huh. and she starts walking through it. And this little girl's outside, and this is where we discover kids are jump roping. Doing yes, jump rope. they're doing the the theme song. Mm-hmm. One, two, da da da. And then this little girl goes inside on and, a bike. And there's like a isn't there some implication about the kids living there? Well, the implication is that those are the kids that he murdered. Right, because. Uh, Patricia Arquette follows her all the way to the basement, finds a little girl, and then the the heater or the boiler or whatever turns on. The furnace turns on. Yeah. 
um, suddenly, and the girl says, Freddy's home. Ah, creepy. And uh, she also finds this... There are human bones in the furnace. There are, yes. Um, So a couple of special effects details here. The pig um, was a real smoked, dried-out pig. Oh. Because they were going to make an animatronic, but it was it was like astronomically expensive. Oh, okay. So they just did that and then puppeteered it. But they Whoa. they said the sti- one of the guys who was working on the scene says like I can smell that smell to to this day. Yeah. And it makes me sick. Um and then uh one of the guys and I I apologize, I don't remember his name, but he created cuz you know there's that room where there's all the hanging kids. And then there's bones that she like picks up or something. Like I think when she grabs a little She's girl, she's holding there's the bones. little girl and running through the house away from Freddy. Yeah, and she turns into a skeleton. Yes. So he he designed one that they said was too scary, and they couldn't put it in the movie because really? and they they I think they told him to do this, but he based it on like like Holocaust stuff. Ooh. Like he looked at that like yeah. pictures of like children in the Holocaust and like created this thing and they showed a picture of it pretty gnarly pretty gnarly of like burned remains no it was it was just like emaciated slash burned remains that he that she's holding because they they did create it yeah yeah yeah. no Um, of course yeah yeah. and i and i don't i don't like the the holocaust connection i mean that that makes me feel uncomfortable yeah but the final product i think is more effective so that room with all the hanging people yeah is that symbolic of like uh because the, the kids when she goes to the mental ward yeah. like people think that these kids are just killing themselves yeah but it's freddy yeah it is that so it's like those are the other the other kids he's collected yeah cool touch scary but cool uh, another touch that i love is is she's getting chased by freddy and she's holding this girl and there's a point where i thought to myself like Oh man, it's always funny in movies when you can tell that they're you know carrying a doll or whatever. And then when she stops and looks down, looks down, it's a skeleton, and it's like, oh, that works because that that she isn't carrying a girl, even mm-hmm. in the logic of the movie. Yep. Cool. Yep. Um, yeah, and I I point I wrote too that the the mood is already so much darker and and like moodier than than the second movie. Mm-hmm. Which the second movie, hey, I've. I'm still not throwing stones at the second movie. Second movie's a party. Yeah. Um, then she wakes up. She goes to the bathroom, grabs her faucets, and the faucets turn into Freddy hands. Oh gosh, that attack it was her. so cool. And he's in the mirror. And I love the the. It was just such so effective. There's just a streak of blood that goes across the mirror. Oh where yeah. We don't really know like what happened, and then the mom comes in. And she, Patricia turns around and her, oh, it's always so gross when you see that in a movie, but she had cut herself, but she didn't do it. Like Freddie did it. Yeah. And it, and she's, she faints. Yeah. And so then she gets sent to the mm-hmm. hospital, right? Mm-hmm. And we, we get introduced to Larry Fisher. Uh, and I, this is all, this always works for me. Like, Lawrence Fishburne's walking through the hallways and we get introduced to all of our kids in like a couple of shots where he's like, Hey Joey, no, still not talking today or whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh, you Kincaid, what's up? 
et cetera, et cetera, you know, goes through and kind of meets everybody. And especially when you're in a new location and stuff, it's just an effective way to get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're dealing with, you know, five or six main characters. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I love that part. Um, and then we get introduced to, uh, what is his name? The doctor dude. The doctor. Hold on. His name is, is Neil. Neil. And, uh, he mentions that there's this, you know, there's this person that's going to be coming. grad student. Yeah. And he says something like, why are we treating this grad student like a celebrated old, like distinguished person? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> um, and then now I'm seeing that this this is where I think the melting bike, the pig, then the room, then the room falls. Up. So she's back in the dream world. I think we got confused well, at where Patricia was. No, dreaming. she she's they're trying to sedate her and she's freaking out. Yes. Oh, yes. Because he, yeah, he. They talk about that, and then he's going to meet the new patient. They're trying to sedate her. She's freaking out because she doesn't want to go to sleep. That's right. And she cuts Lawrence Fishburne with a scalpel. And then um, Nancy shows up. Yes. Well, well, Patricia gets into a corner and starts singing the song. And yes. then Nancy shows up and she's like, where did you learn that song? Right. And they hug. And the calms her down. Yes. And Nancy has a white streak in her hair, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Why? I don't I don't know why she has that. that happened oh, in the it first happened movie. in the first movie. Micah. I forgot. Yeah. Edit that. Edit that out. <laughs> cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Um. And uh, yeah. So then Patricia falls asleep again, and she is in this room, and the room just starts exploding. Well, not yet. Nancy talks to okay, Patricia's okay. mom, and right. is trying to get, like she's actually asking her questions about her daughter. And the mom's like, I don't know, aren't you the professional? Aren't you the one who's mm-hmm, supposed to mm-hmm. give me answers? She's just doing this for attention. What do you want from me? And then she's like, I have to go downtown. And then Nancy goes upstairs to get Patricia because they're at her house. Yeah. And um, she right, sees right. the house that Patricia's working on. And it's Nancy says, I lived in this house. How do you know this? Yeah. All um, of this stuff, I'm like, okay, we're wheeling and dealing. This great. is good stuff. And and it it feels uh it doesn't feel like a cheap bring back of Nancy. Mm-mm. It feels earned. It makes sense. Makes sense that she'd be interested in this psych psychology field because of what's happened to her and all of her friends died. Yeah, so I I get it and I like it. Mm-hmm. And then Patricia's asleep. Okay. Or or am I missing I another know. part? Okay. And. She's in this room, and the room starts, like, exploding and shredding from the outside in. Looks incredible. And right then and there, you're like, wow, this is amazing. So good. She is, and then she is, you know, screaming at the top of her lungs. Great. Then there's something under the carpet that comes flying toward her. Okay, cool. And then this giant worm with Freddy's face bursts out and starts attempting to eat her. Now, the worm... Is very large. Oh, it's huge, and it's actually eating her. And and it is. It's just a real effect. Oh, it looks so good. It looks incredible. And and there's not even that much to say about 
like the special effects of it all because you just look at it and you're like, I understand that that is a thing that they built and did. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And like, the, it's that simple. And then when Nancy but shows that up, because Nancy, Patricia, she has the ability to like pull people into dreams or yeah. connect dreams. Um, So Nancy has fallen asleep and like Patricia doesn't know that she pulled her into her dream, but she did. Yeah. Nancy finds her, saves her. And then the worm like goes up and, yeah. and it's like the face is anthropomorphized. Yeah. And he's like talking to them. It's freaking cool. It is so cool. And and beyond that too, uh, even the even the the small things in this movie are cool. Like when Nancy falls asleep, she stands oh, yeah. up and then falls in her chair and just falls through the chair and it it kind of looks amazing. Uh-huh. Um and and then they're able to get out of the dream. Mm-hmm. But I I want to point out years ago, I think I was on Twitter or something and I just saw this picture of Patricia Arquette, it was a portrait, or no, a landscape picture, and she's on her elbow on her side, and then from her waist down, there's a giant worm monster eating her, and she's got a big smile on her face, like a behind-the-scenes photo, and I remember I saved the photo because I was like, this is so cool, I love this, and it's kind of hilarious, and I did not know what that was from, I didn't know anything about it, and then when we were watching the movie, I was like, no way, (laughs) this is that picture, so you solved it. It's a big puzzle piece into the puzzle. Cool moment. Uh, I mean that that puppet thing is probably my favorite of the series that we've seen. Me too. Maybe. Yeah. It's just too cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's a lot of great crazy kills in this. Beyond that, um, there's one that is actually kind of tough to watch in this movie. Can you guess which one I'm talking uh-huh. about? the strings yeah that one's tough that one hurts uh but yeah so then basically everyone thinks that the kids are all crazy except nancy and they have this uh group conversation we kind of meet all the characters again and i just want to point out i think taryn is excellent in this movie she is so good her performance is weirdly modern i okay okay that's what i was thinking too there was like something about her yeah that felt so i don't know like i just saw it in a today movie so you felt the same way i I felt both times we watched it i was kind of blown away by her performance okay i am absolutely blown away by it too and i think everyone's good in this movie Uh but there's something about her and and she has this backstory where she used to be a drug addict Mm -hmm. now she's not anymore and then she's haunted by these dreams so people kind of think she's going crazy and yeah you know needs her uh heroin or i, I think is what she's mm-hmm. doing you know and so but she's just playing this this kind of um i i don't know how to put it it's not it's not frenetic it's not but but like like insecure but also like don't mess with me cuz i'm mm-hmm. tough mm-hmm. and it it's kind of like you could put that in most current day like you could put that in a modern day horror movie and no one would bat an eye at it so good whereas you know like kincaid's performance like that just would that's like a little too big uh-huh. a little too Very broad cheesy you know and and i think a lot of them are big and broad but like for the time period in this movie it works really well uh-huh. but hers just feels like oh i've met so many people that a- act and have like the mannerisms that you are doing mm-hmm. excellent mm-hmm. Uh, my mvp of the movie 
I'm glad that you feel exactly the same way, though. That's kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in love. Wow, we are. Yeah. Um, and so then we find out that Nancy is on a drug called Hypnosil. Yeah. That prevents her from dreaming. And at some point, I don't think it's right here, but soon she's going to suggest that they give the kids Hypnosil. That's not until people start dying, Micah. You're right. Okay. So we can get to Joey's death. Is it Joey? No, it's Philip. 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 So they're all doing lights out. Some people do like uh, it, like the roommate situation. One person watches, the other person sleep, and then they switch because mm-hmm. they're also afraid. Um, and Philip and Kincaid's case, they're both just sleeping. Um, and Philip starts dreaming. He makes puppets, some like marionette puppets. Yeah, yeah. And one of them turns into Freddy. Oh, looks so good. Yeah. Um, it, stop motion. It cuts its strings and falls onto the ground and lands like uh-huh. a clay mate. Yeah. Oh, stop motion. You just you just said that. And then it goes in front, and it, he like grows to real size in front of Philip. Also looks pretty cool. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. And then he pulls out like the nerves. It's like tendons, I think. Uh huh. On his arms and legs, and it is actually hard to watch. Yeah. He rips them out, and then Philip is going in and now like, Philip's the puppet. Right. Which uh, you don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I picked up on that until they what? show him the puppet thing. Yeah. I guess I didn't connect that he was being a puppet at that point until they show Freddy above him. Really? Yeah. Micah. Come on, buddy. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> uh, and he's getting, like, dragged down the hallway. And and it's great because we're cutting in between the dream where you see the tendons pulled and he's getting pulled like a kind of like a puppet. Hmm. Marionette, one would say. Uh, and then... It's cutting between that and then the reality where it just looks like he's sleepwalking, mm-hmm. almost like Which punching his fist Which they said earlier around. that he is a sleepwalker. Yeah. And then Freddy takes him to the top floor and then he makes oh, him dance around. trying to get him to wake up. Yeah. Dancing around with, with him and then he's above the building huge. That, it looks so good. It looks so <laughs> It really good. does. It, it, some of the effects... Some of the more special effects in this movie, uh, like that and his enlarging, like they don't look as realistic as they would look now. But I, I don't think, care. That doesn't even matter. Well, I think they're more charming, and and it does feel a little more dreamy ish, mm-hmm. um, than than maybe how they would do it today. Mm-hmm. And then he cuts the strings, the tendons, and then he falls to the ground dead. Amazing, fantastic death. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, poor Philip, but boy, we love to see and it. And crazy too, they had like the group circle the next day and they're talking about it. And, you know, all the kids know that Freddie killed him. Yeah. But the adults, aside from Nancy, are like, no, he killed himself. He, he quit. Yeah. You know? And then they're like, we, he was awake the whole fall down. He, yeah. He doesn't, like, he wasn't. I, you know, because I think they're also saying like he just slept walking. It was this blah blah blah, and they're like, no, he didn't do that. Yeah, so good, awesome. So then uh, they they have in that group, Kincaid really freaks out, and he gets sent to the silent room. And then they, um, Nancy is able to convince what's his name, Neil Neil to give them hypnosil. 
Not yet. Not until after the next kid. Okay, that's what I have listed Okay, maybe next. I guess you're right, but I don't think so. Uh, well, what's the next kid? He goes in the coma. Oh, no, that's that's much a little bit later. That's after TV Girl gets killed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they prescribe the hypnosil, and then Taryn comes out of the shower, and there's a guard there just waiting for her, and he's like, basically, hey, if you want to get high... I know where all the stuff is. This just a sucks. creep. Yeah. Um, just wanted to point out that he sucks, and he should have had a death in the movie. Yeah, what? They kind of forgot about him. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just shows, like, kind of her bad situation. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, on that level, it works. But, yeah, it is kind of like, here's this creep, and then uh-huh. I don't do anything with it. But, I mean, it's not like there isn't a ton of history sug- to suggest that people abuse people in state hospitals uh, yeah, I mean, that's and true. asylums. So it's not very far-fetched, unfortunately. And then they're, they're all trying to stay awake, and we have TV Girl is what I wrote. I'm forgetting her name. Stephanie? It might be Stephanie. That sounds right. Jessica? Jennifer. Jennifer. One of those names. <laughs> and- She's going to be an actress, so she... Likes watching TV, but she's also too afraid to go to sleep. So she convinces Larry Fishburne to let her stay up watching TV. Yeah. That's when she watches the talk show. She burns herself with a cigarette to stay awake. Yikes. Crazy. And then she sees the Dick Cavett show. Uh-huh. He makes some uh, kind of one-liners at Zsa, Zsa Gabor. And then it's Freddie. So once again, I mean, not to bring this up, but once again, Nightmare on Elm Street did it first, Todd Phillips. Your ending of Joker isn't as good <laughs> as this scene. And so then uh, Freddie kills Zsa, Zsa Gabor, and then she comes up to the TV or is like sucked to the TV. I can't remember she, which. She comes up to it because she's trying to change it. That's right. And then hands come out of the TV, like like metal stuff, and they grab her, and then, like, his face comes up out of the TV, and he says, F the primetime, bitch. <laughs> and it's his first bitch. Uh-huh. And it's strong. And it's strong, and then he throws her into the TV. And then when you come out, the TV's above the ground, so her body is head in the TV, and she is hanging there. Pretty great death. It's so crazy. By the way, with the, the B word... If anyone's seen Rick and Morty, there's a really funny Freddy Krueger bit yes, in one yes. of the episodes. Um, and he just says the B word like crazy in the yeah. bit. And they're, I think they're in a dream. And it, he's it like might chasing be interdimensional, them. one of the interdimensional cable episodes. No, I don't think, no, because they're in it. He's like chasing them. Oh, okay, but remember there's the, the post credit of that episode is him coming home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they all funny. call each other the B word, but yeah. it's like affectionate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so it's so funny. And I, at the time I saw that episode, I'd never seen a nightmare movie, uh-huh. so I was just like, "Man, he just must call everyone the B word." Yeah, it's crazy. And we watched the first. Well, when I watched the first movie, it's like you really don't even think he said the B word. Second no. movie, you didn't say the B word. What what does this happen? And we get to this movie, and he finally says it. And it's a pretty hard one. So it's yeah. like, I guess that's it. And then I think by the next two, he says it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it makes sense. Yeah. When we watch the next two, I think he 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 drops it four or five times, I think. I, I think it's definitely the next one, too. 
Yeah. Uh, so, so and I think there was one where it was like a scene where he said it a lot. Uh-huh. Where it's kind of like, okay, this is We like, get it. Okay. But maybe it's it's like, you know, in Friday the 13th, as we learned from our recent guesting on 90 Under 90, uh, Jason doesn't even get the hockey mask until part three. True. So in Nightmare 3, he dons his his vocabulary finally. True. <laughs> then we see this mysterious nun at the funeral of Philip. Is that right? I think so. And we, we actually saw her earlier in the movie and she disappeared. And only the um, Neil is seeing him, mm-hmm. seeing her. And so he talks to her and she kind of says, this is a terrible evil and it needs to be destroyed and it needs to be hallowed ground or something like that. I don't know if she says that in that scene, but she doesn't, but yeah. And then she needs to be laid to rest or something kind of disappears. And that's it with her. Yeah. So then we start, we're, we're at the group again where, where they're all in the, like, you know, doing therapy and we realize and find out that Freddy is targeting these kids because they're the last descendants of the parents that murdered him. I think they could have done a better job at this. Really? Because it's just like an offhand comment. Oh, I ca- okay. Because, okay, well, what, do you, Nancy, what do you mean? You're talking about when Nancy says it. Yeah. And it's like, how do you know that? Oh, I guess they, you're right. They like, don't show us any proof. Of that word, yeah. it's just kind of weird. It's just kind of like thrown in there. Yeah, I guess you're right. I would agree with you. Um, I I just was, I liked the twist of it, I guess. I, I like it. It's just, I don't like how it was done. Yeah, so I, I just was like blindsided by that fact because I thought they were just, you know, like he's just attacking more kids. But then I was like, oh, that's cool. They're connected. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even think about the fact that there's they don't show us that connection in any real way. Mm-hmm. Uh. Even like the mom, I don't think says or does anything no. about it. Patricia's mom. No. Um, but then Nancy has convinced Neil, like, let me just try something. And so they attempt to hypnotize. Now, this is a great sequence. Mm-hmm. He hypnotizes everybody and they all go to sleep. And it's dramatic, shot well. We're dollying in on the stinking, uh, like, Sw- pendulum the swinging mm-hmm. pendulum and then they all look around because they're they're wa- they want to be sucked into patricia's dream because mm-hmm. she can pull them all together they can team up they can beat freddie but they look around and they go Ugh, well that didn't work we'll try again and then meanwhile joey kind of stands by the door and he sees this nurse uh-huh. And he's made eyes at her earlier in the movie. But then the nurse goes, come here, Joey. And and he follows her. And then this is, he, he goes into this other room. The nurse strips down and starts getting down and dirty with Joey. And I, I mean, I, I think most people, you're watching it and you're like, oh, they are in a dream. If uh-huh. you're, if oh, you're witnessing yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Because it, it's so, it's so gratuitous. Which I mean, it's not like horror movies mm-hmm. don't go gratuitous, but you're you're watching it and it's like, oh, this is what a teenage boy would dream about. Mm-hmm. This isn't reality anymore. And while that's happening, the group in the other room realize that they're dreaming. And 
Now, let's break down their powers, Jordan. Yeah, because they're like, what is something that you've always wanted to do? Mm-hmm. You know, so Patricia Arquette can do parkour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the guy with the glasses. In my dreams, my legs are my legs are fine. I am the wizard master. Yep. Okay. And then Kincaid is strong. That's a good one. And then Taryn... <laughs> It looks like the most dated thing you could ever watch in a movie uh-huh. where she's like, in my dreams, I'm beautiful, but it is like, oh, but eighties version beautiful. Yeah. And then she holds up her hands and has knives and she's like, am bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because it's like wizard master, the delivery strange. I get it though. That's a good power to have being strong. Good. But like, Patricia Arquette can just she's like slightly more athletic than she probably is Mm -hmm. and and I I think like if I was rewriting the movie I would I would spend time to make the powers different because I I think the powers are pretty lame I agree and even even the the good ones aren't really used in an interesting way no that's certainly like I guess the weakest part which the movie's so good that that it's okay you know but I mean, I would sur- yeah. It's just kind of like they have lame powers in their dreams, and 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 I feel like with Patricia, they should have just said your power is bringing everybody together. You don't have like somersault powers because she doesn't. She's the one that's bringing them all together. That's the power. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, but then Joey's with the nurse, and then the nurse shoots her tongue at his arms and shoots like four tongues at him and it straps him to the The bed. bed. Uh, Now, they shot an alternate sequence to this where the actress wore like a Freddy makeup head. So there was like the naked her with the Freddy on top. And they have the footage in in the video and stuff. And and everyone who watched it, they were just like, this is too nasty. Like, I don't yeah. like it. And then on top of that, I think the director said, like, just nobody can do Freddy except Robert England. So it just didn't, like, play well either. Yeah, that feels weird. Yeah. And then the actor pointed out because he, so he strapped, you know, with his extremities pulled apart. And then the bed drops and there's, like, hell beneath him. And he said they shot that sequence with him uh like he's upright. Oh, okay. And then the the hell is behind him. Oh, okay. But he he pointed out that it was really tough and he he mentions that like, you know, that's your your heart can't pump blood to your extremities when you're strapped up like that and he's like that's like how they would crucify people. <laughs> so, uh I think it sucked to be him on those days of shooting where he had to do that. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. No. It looked cool, though. Looks great. <laughs> um, and then and then they all wake up, but Joey's now in a coma. Yes. And so that's where they're at with the movie. And the By the whole... way, we, oh, we didn't mention that Joey doesn't speak. I said that. Oh, you did? Okay. A long time ago. Um. And then the whole operation gets shut down. Yes. And it's like they're going to lock all the doors, keep the kids in at night, and that's what they're going to do. Take them off that medication. Yes. Um, We have a nurse ratchet type. 
uh, you know, delivering all of this news. Although a little more sympathetic. I think she's okay. I like I get where she's coming from on oh, all her I, stuff. I, I do too. I do too. I, I think she's actually again, I think that's a great performance. She does a great job. She's in the what's, movie. what's best for the kids. Unfortunately, what she thinks is best is not what's best. Yeah. But and um then the uh uh Neil, I cannot remember his name. He sees the nun again in this like tower building, follows her into the tower. And then we find out, and I guess trigger warning for any abuse uh, things you may have been through. Now trigger warning has exceeded. Um, what? Nothing. Oh, I, I'm just trying to warn in no, case. No, I don't. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we find out that Freddy Krueger was birthed, not birthed, that there was- Conceived. Yes. There was, there was a, let, just let me say it. Okay. <laughs> there, the, the nun- he follows the nun into a war that has been blocked off for a very long time. And the reason that's blocked off is because a very long time ago, uh, a nurse was accidentally locked in this ward. And this yeah. is like where they kept all the worst of the worst and the most uh, dangerous. None, not a nurse, but yeah, she was a nurse. Really? Yes. Oh, um, the worst of the worst. And I thought, I, I just think all of this is kind of silly. Yeah. She was accidentally locked in here. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then she was there for days and she was taken advantage of yeah. hundreds of times, which yeah. I think is also silly. Yeah. Um, but basically he is the son of hundreds of, you yeah. know, of a hundred maniacs is what they say. Oh, that's like, I, I get like, you know, oh man, he's really deranged because of these all things and trauma and this stuff. But it's like, I, I don't think that flies anymore. Yeah, I don't think you'd be putting that in a modern movie. No. Um it it I'm conflicted about it because I I think that that type of abuse is is very overused in horror. Mm -hmm. Not so it feels like not so much anymore, but like in this time period, but it also story-wise for me it's like it's such an evil thing to imagine that it that it is like oh yeah of course freddy's crazy yeah like like for me in this weird fantasy nightmare on elm street world that explanation actually works better than if they were like oh he found this magical diamond and now he controls sleep or something okay but you know that's semantics i guess but it it's kind of i think it's i think the first time we watched it i was like ugh but I think on the second time, I'm like, I do think that's kind of uh, kind of an interesting backstory. I just don't need a backstory. Well, that's personally. true. That's I, true. That's a personal preference, really. But I, like, he killed a ton of kids. I don't know. That's yeah. pretty bad. So I, I do. I do just think though that like because this movie's so imaginative and like ethereal and strange that something like that to me doesn't even feel like I, it feels very just very much a part of it all. Sure. So it, it does work for me, but you know, I'm I not, just think it's silly. Yeah. And I'm not gonna sit here and like defend it. It's a preference mm -hmm. thing. Um But then we're introduced back to John Saxon, the dad of Nancy. What a surprise. And now he's a security guard. Mm -hmm. And And he's a drunkard. He's a drunkard. Because he's I mean not seeing life his got family. crazy a couple years ago. Yeah. And he's coping with it through alcohol. Yes, and uh, I, 
I think he's also like he's better in this oh, movie than the first movie. I, think. I agree. He's great. Neil finds out through the nun that he needs to find the remains oh. of Freddy and bury him in hollow ground. Yes. That's why they find him and Nancy go to her dad because he's one of the parents that killed Freddy. Yes. He would know where he's uh, wherever his body is. And you know what? Actually, I think they say he's the last one that would know. No, they uh-huh. do say that. So I think they either say this or they imply that Patricia Arquette's dad, who is no longer in the picture, around slash alive. No, he was alive. Oh, he was? He said her parents divorced. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm not sure why she's involved in it then. Don't think too much. Yeah. They just kind of botched that a little bit, I guess. Anyway, um, and he takes some convincing, but uh, I, I do like that Neil just like, pushes him up against the wall and he's like, you're going to fix this and you're going to help me and we're going to go do this right now. Mm -hmm. Because Nancy has to go back to the hospital because they put Patricia in the quiet room and sedated her. It's really bad. Yeah. And, and then Neil goes to a, uh, cathedral and he, a church, he jumped. Well, yeah. Uh, we we were in France recently, so <laughs> all churches are cathedrals now. Anything with a stained oh, oui, glass oui. window, croissant, uh, croissant. Uh, and then uh, John Saxon's sitting there, you know, and he's like drinking while he's driving and stuff. And Neil grabs his alcohol and he's like, "What are you doing?" And he dumps it out, and then he goes into the church and gathers holy water. Mm-hmm. I, I'm all about this this thing. I love this. And then he grabs uh, a, a crucifix. crucifix. And this priest sees him, and he's like, what are you doing? And he goes, I'll bring it back. And he hands him his driver's license and says, here, take my driver's license and goes. Okay. <laughs> wow. It, that, that's sort of like, I, I love the, the attention to detail, but it's also like, he could have just grabbed it and left. Yeah. I don't know why we need like an extra couple of shots. Because it's a church and guilt and blah, blah, blah. Sure, sure. Um, and, then, and then they head to where his body is which is a junkyard yes and then meanwhile nancy can't get to patricia yeah but she does get to the other kids and they're like how are we gonna help her she says we can't help her anymore we all have to go to sleep because she's gonna fall asleep and that's how we help her yep so they hypnotize themselves into sleeping and find her yep and then patricia wakes up at the beginning of the movie uh-huh. At the same point that she woke up at the beginning, sees her mom. And I don't I can't remember what I thought the first time, but there's got to be a movie where like this happens, right? Where like someone wakes up and like the whole hour first hour of the movie or something has been a dream that Freddy's been messing with them. Like that's that how you feel? Like don't they have to do that in one of these movies? Isn't that like such oh, an obvious thing? You don't think thing? that's what happened here, right? No, 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 it doesn't. Oh, okay. It doesn't. Um but yeah, I, maybe. But when it happened the first time, I think I there's probably part of me that was like, oh, has this movie been a dream? I mean, the closest thing to that is Inception. Yeah. Well, I know in movies, but I mean... Oh, uh, you mean this franchise. Franchise. Like, I feel like... I feel like this is the one franchise... I mean, besides Inception, I love that. But the one movie that, like, I would... That would feel like a cool payoff if someone woke up and you know, everything was a dream because this is about dreams. Mm -hmm. Just like Inception works because it's about dreams. Well, we got a lot of movies to go. That's true. We do. Um, But then her mom's there 
And then Freddie comes up and cuts off her mom's head, holds it, and her mom says something like, I'm very disappointed in you or something like that. Kind of, yeah, a nuts effect. Again, I'm not really sure how they did it. Mm -hmm. It's great. And then everybody's in their dreams. uh, And Nancy's trying to bring them together. Mm -hmm. Not Nancy. Patricia. I, I like how we have not figured out what her character name is and we just call I her know. Patricia. No, no, we can continue to do so. I want to know now. Uh, Kristen. Kristen, you know her, you love her. Uh, and then we see Taryn face off because all the kids are going to face off with the nightmare elemental himself, Mr. Frederick Krueger. And Taryn is in her garb and she's like, you know, let's dance. And she starts fighting stabbing and i wrote down this is the worst part of the movie yeah it's awful it's pretty bad because it's so bad but then it switches and i am like okay it's actually kind of cool Well, it's just like they wrote this just so they could have some cool effects yeah well i think i think they said yeah so there was gonna be some effect where like taryn's head exploded whoa and, uh, and that's how he killed her but the the it just didn't work they weren't able to do it the, the, and it, and they weren't getting it to work, so then they came up with the needle thing. Oh. And the needle thing is great. Oh, it's gross. So Freddy, like, pulls up his claws, and now they're heroin needles. And then he goes, let's get high. And he goes up to her, and then her track marks are, like, Ugh. eels. And they're, like, opening and stuff and then eels. he goes to stick leeches them in. or something that that's yes yes like leeches not eels and then he goes to stick them in her and that's what kills her mm-hmm. now uh i also found out that taryn the actress gets fan mail and <laughs> kind of the movie doing good a lot of people said that after they saw this movie they quit doing drugs whoa because of her in that scene crazy so uh that's pretty great yeah and then she dies. So it, again, it's like that scene is kind of stupid and sucky. And then like that that turn is so aggressive and sharp and so mature and dark that I'm like, okay, this scene rules. Mm-hmm. And then we get to see the wizard master. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. This is pretty bad. He's in a corridor, our wizard master. Yes. And there's this really crazy torturous looking wheelchair at the end and Freddy's at the other end and he's toying with him. The wheelchair's blazing towards the kid. He knocks it out. He he jumps out of the way and then he's like, I'm the wizard master. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, Bloop, and he has this awful robe on. Uh-huh. Oh, it looks so bad. And he like flies to Freddy or something and then just get killed, gets killed immediately. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's like, they really ran out of ideas. Yeah. It, it's not, and his kill good. is so not creative. When we just had the Terran one, he right. just gets stabbed. Yeah. With his claws. That's it. Which I, I guess he just had a piece of board there. And so the actor was like, I really hope that he what? doesn't miss. <laughs> his claws were real? I guess so. What? I know that's very, that's not a great, that's scary. not great. Um, And then I wrote, Freddy makes door. Oh, yes. Yes. Then, then you have Kincaid. Uh, Kristen mm-hmm. and Nancy, and they all have found each other, and they like break into the room, then the room, and then this floating door comes in front of them. 
Now, if you are keeping a list of things Micah likes about movies, one thing I love is a good floating door. That's sweet. Or a door that, well, because it's usually coupled with a door that when you open, what it's looking into is different from what's behind the door in our world. Micah's a big Monsters, Inc. fan. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. And it's a big concept in the Dark Tower series. And uh-huh. when he describes it, I can like visualize the doors completely. And it's amazing. Um, and so, <laughs> get your toy, Gilmore. Uh-oh, he's stomping. He's after it. <laughs> so I maybe I should mark it, or maybe I should let him hear Gilmore. Uh, so then... He makes a door, they go in, and they're, like, in the boiler room. Yep. And... This is where yeah. Joey is. Suspended yes. Suspended over hell, hell or something. And this is also where a little more interesting stuff on Freddy, too. He removes his shirt, and he says, these are the souls of the children. And there's these, they keep like... me alive. Yeah, there's like all these weird small faces um, that like, are screaming. And there's like fluids coming out of them. It's so gross. It's gnarly in all the right ways. But they start fighting him. Um, well, Nancy's trying to save Joey. They're fighting him. And then meanwhile, um, Neil and Nancy's dad have found the remains of Freddy and are trying to bury him. And when they th- they start, Freddy disappears in the dream world. Because he's got to take care of business yes. with these two jabrones. Um, and his skeleton becomes a skeleton. Yeah. And he's fighting them. And I actually, pretty goofy looking. I love it because it's so campy. Yeah. I just love that they still thought that they needed to do the choreography where, you know, he's like fighting with like the shovel. Uh-huh. Like it's a sword. And he does a turn. Yeah. A 360 turn <laughs> that we see in movies all the time that never actually make practical sense. Yeah. Uh, it looks so bad, but I love it. <laughs> well, so here's what I'm curious about mechanics wise rules of the world. Now, he can only appear and attack people in their dreams. And the only reason in two, that by my surmising, the only reason in two that he's able to attack people who aren't dreaming is because he's occupying another body. Mm-hmm. So how is he able to appear to them at the end of this movie? He's that evil, Micah. Yeah. I mean, do, do you have a thought on that? No, like I don't. A, I don't. It yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah, but it. it I wish it did. I mean, maybe, I guess he does have his own body to occupy. No, Micah, it doesn't make sense. Maybe, I mean, if you if you know the answer, join our Facebook page. The link is in this uh, uh, episode. And let us know what you think the answer is, and we can discuss it on our Facebook, the Macabre Podcast Universe Pandemonium page. It's a lot of fun over there. Uh, I think, right? I hope so. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so then they... Knock him down, and they start throwing the holy water on him. No, no, no. Before that, Freddy attacks him in the mirror room. Well, Freddy kills Nancy's dad. Oh, yeah. And, and he then, shoves him into, like, a uh, like a fender of a car, mm-hmm. stabs him. And then he, like, hurts Neil and gets him in the grave and, like, throws some dirt on him. And then he disappears. Ends up, well, his bones fall. And then we get the mirror room. Yes. And uh, mirror room's okay. I think it's cool. 
Yeah, I guess it's really cool. Joey gets to use his talent, which is talking. And yeah. the, the mirrors shatter. You found your dream power, man, is uh-huh. the line in that uh-huh. scene. And the, yeah, they, they all sh- uh, shatter. And then... Uh, um, so that's when Neil is starting to bury or put the holy water and the crucifix on the bones and the grave and is burying it. Yeah. And is like saying from ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And meanwhile, Nancy is fighting Freddy. Freddy bef- stabs her. Before he does. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her dad appears to her and he goes, Nancy, I've crossed over. Oh, my gosh. And I'm That's like, the worst effect. It's just so funny how bad it is in this movie. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But again, kind of like the Terran death scene. It's like, you're like, this is kind of stupid. And then it turns into Freddy. And uh-huh. it was like his pl- ploy again. And you're like, oh, okay. That's it, kind of cool again. Yeah. He stabs Nancy. Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, uh, Neil, <laughs> I wish I could remember his dang name. Neil starts sprinkling holy water, like you said, ashes to ashes, and and then it's like bursting light out of Freddy, and mm-hmm. then he dies. Mm-hmm. And then we're shown at a gravesite, and we're seeing a funeral. Uh-huh. And while it's going on, I, I was like, oh, I think this is a misdirect because it, they're actually at her dad's funeral. And uh-huh. then they're like, Nancy lived a good life. <laughs> I know. And she died. Crazy. I don't remember that. And it's only been like a year since we've seen it. And I just couldn't remember. Well, it, it is wild because we, you know, I don't think you have to kill people for stakes. And I don't think you always should. Um, but it, But it's wild for a franchise to kill off every person that's been in the first movie. Yeah. I think the only person they could bring back is Nancy's mom, maybe? No, she died. Oh, yeah, at the end of the movie. Uh-huh. Or no. No, uh, oh, Micah, and, she died. Yeah, she, yeah. Micah? <laughs> She's dead. <laughs> okay. But, but, um, because I think if you made this movie now, you would not kill Nancy. Mm-hmm. Um, because. She'd be the final girl. Yeah, and then she'll show up in the next one, and the next one, and the next one. Uh, but they did it. And mm-hmm. and it's it's actually a very surprising and good, yeah. And and sometimes something that that I enjoy about this franchise is there is a bit of a like wipe the slate clean mentality, mm-hmm. um, which is how a lot of franchises in the eighties and nineties worked. Well, because like every movie is their last shot. Yeah, and I you know I we love franchises. That's what we talk about. But but I. It is refreshing to watch this series that is not trying to build to some sort of event movie. Mm-hmm. Totally. Or I like agree. a cameo crossover thing. Well, it is building up to a crossover, kind of, but uh-huh. that's in a few years and we'll talk about that. But um, yeah, I I like this movie I a lot. I love this movie so much. It's really good. It is an amazing movie. Oh yeah, and you didn't say... Um, Neil sees the nun at the cemetery, goes yeah. over, she leads him to a gravestone, and it, it is really cheesy. But like the nun, I, the I nun, like the, this. No, I, I like, like it this. too, but the nun disappears, and he's like, oh, you were his mother. Yeah, because you see that it says Amanda Kruger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love that touch. I think it's great. So I guess she was a nun. So that's why you said she was a nun. Yeah. Okay. I was pretty sure. But but I, I was then I was like, oh, maybe... Uh, yeah, maybe it's like touched by an angel and she's a nun in the afterlife. That's not how it worked in huh? Touched by an Angel. You guys remember Touched by an Angel, that show? Yeah. 
That was like the Christian show, right? Yeah, we used to watch it all the time. Yeah. That's I, right. I bet it's not very good. No. It can't be. Nah. But anyway, so we were talking about Touched by an Angel next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah, is that everything on Dream Warriors? Uh, I think so. Watch the movie if you haven't. Great, it's yeah. It's a fun, fun time. Well, next week we'll be covering Nightmare 4, which I believe is uh, the Dream Master. But it mm. might be for something, the Dream Child. I do feel like that's the, yeah, I don't know. I think it's the Dream Child. Okay. I, I can't remember. I get the next two confused. Um, But folks, today is November 4th. And Whoa. Do you know what November 4th is, Jordan? I do. What is November 4th? Your album came out today. Today, a beautiful divorce is out everywhere. Title, Spotify, YouTube, Bandcamp. Uh, did I mention Spotify? <laughs> uh, Apple Music. And you can listen to it. You can buy it. There are t-shirts on my Bandcamp. There are posters on my Bandcamp. And tonight, if you're listening to this on November 4th and you're in the Rogue Valley, we will be doing a show at the Eden Ballroom in Grants Pass uh, doors at seven, and we're playing the album front to back with a five-piece band. None of these songs have been performed in front of an audience before, and they're cool and good. Yeah, this is a good album, folks. And if you could please listen to it and share it, it would mean the world to me. And when you do, uh, oh my gosh, the dog is pulling the <laughs> interface apart. When you do, share it. Let me know. So that I can uh, join in the fun with you. Gilmore doesn't give an f about your album. He's <laughs> done. He's done. He's he's heard me practicing quite a bit. But but please listen to it, and then please come back next week and join our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Guess what? If you sign up for the five dollar tier on Patreon, you can scroll back like a week or two, and you'll you get a download of the album because I'm giving the album away to patrons. Crazy taxi. Yeah. Thanks for listening, folks. Sweet dreams. One, two, spooky podcast for you. Three, four, lots of blood and gore. Five, six, Freddy's goofy tricks. Seven, eight, another deadly thing. Nine, ten, never podcast again.